0: Welcome to the Let's Develop podcast, a forum where we explore how to transform ourselves and the world around us through the art and science of performance and development. In each episode, we interview people from across spaceship Earth who actively co-create preferred futures for themselves and the world around them by enacting development-driven approaches to social change. We speak with Nicola Pauling out of Wellington, New Zealand. She's an actor, improviser, director, and group facilitator. She's the founder of Voice Arts, a non-for-profit trust that uses play and performance as tools for personal development and community building. She works in closed and open community settings and is passionate about providing opportunities for people of all ages to participate in an active creative process that connects, nourishes, and develops. We talk about deep fun, The impacts of applied improv and applied theater. And lastly, the art of facilitation. Join us. Hi, Nicola. Good morning. Good morning. I'm back in time. You're in New Zealand. (laughs)
1: I am. I am ahead of you, and I can tell you that we're all still here. Okay, good. The future is, the future is has survived at least 24 hours, as far as I can tell.
0: That's reassuring. <laughs> yeah. That's reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicola, we want to get to know you. Share with us some of who you are and some of the projects you're working on.
1: Thank you. Uh, so... Um, I'm based in Wellington, which is the capital of New Zealand, down in the deep South Pacific. Uh, And I'm the director of an organisation called Voice Arts. Um, We're a not-for-profit or a charitable trust that's been up and running for about 13 years, working quietly and constructively um, in the area of um, performance development. And um, I suppose I... I have a long love affair with the theatre and with performing. Um, as a teenager, it was really the only thing that I connected with. Uh, I really didn't connect with sports. And I, uh, yeah, it was just, it, it it spoke to me as a young person. Um, and I think, I think what it spoke to me about, and I didn't have the language for this when I was younger and I really have only developed the language for it. Um, in the last, you know, five or ten years, is that uh, I felt free to grow and develop in that space of theatre as a young person, and more so than any other environment. Uh, I felt, um, yeah, I felt it gave me an opportunity to um, to step into myself, um, and I, I loved it. And I also loved the way it connected me in with other people. Um, mm-hmm. I felt that it was a space where I really, uh, yeah, really grew a community around me um, and I loved all of that uh, but when I was in my early 20s, I realised that I didn't want to be an actor uh, and at that stage, I uh, I thought, well, that's it, I love the theatre and I love performing and I love improvisation but I don't want to be an actor so that kind of means I can't do this. I I have to find something else to do um, Mm. because at that point I really hadn't um, discovered this whole concept, this whole area of applied theatre and applied improvisation and theatre and education. Um, I kind of fell into that uh, a few years later. So there was a kind of time in my life where I almost had to walk away from the thing that I loved the most Mm. um, and spent a bit of time as a journalist, which... um, uh, was you know it was a, a, a fantastic life experience, but I, I managed to muddle my way back um, towards uh, theatre when I actually went to see a performance um, by a group of women um, in a prison in Christchurch, which is another city in the south of New Zealand, and uh, we we travelled out to the to the prison and we watched these young women perform and then we had a dialogue with them afterwards as the audience and I remember sitting in that space and going, this is what I want to do. Mm. I want to to work with theatre in this way and uh, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of
0: the journey for me. And that was around 13 years ago?
1: Yeah, probably would have been a little bit more, maybe about 15, 16 years ago, I think. Yeah, it took me a while to then uh, work out how I was going to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, found my way starting Voice Arts Trust um, or Voice Arts there about 13 years ago.
0: Cool. Yeah. You mentioned that a theatre was a space where you could step into yourself. And at the same time, it was a place where you could develop and grow what do you mean by, or, or help us understand this idea of stepping into yourself while simultaneously developing and growing?
2: Um, I
1: for me it was a safe environment to play with roles and versions of myself that um, I possibly felt I couldn't do in a classroom environment or in just a standard social environment with a group of friends at a, at a gathering. I felt in that creative theater space that um, I could play with, um, with different versions of myself. I could oh, play with, uh, what with, is that? with...
0: Yeah, what does that mean, a different version of yourself? Yeah,
1: look, I think for me um, it was about finding my voice. And finding my confidence, I think I was able to um, play with being bolder and uh, and cockier and uh, and just um, a, a version of myself that was um, more certain. And uh, and by playing with that role and that version of myself, I was able to kind of discover that that's I had the possibility to be that outside of outside of the theater or outside of the black box that we worked in. Mm. Yeah. I hope that's making sense. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> I'm, it's I'm cool, cool to, Yeah. Okay. I'm discovering this as I speak it. So yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. It, it's, it's nice to speak with the cockier, bolder version of Nicola at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You talk about, you talk about play um, mm. and, and theater being a space where you could play. Mm. I also heard you mention the words deep fun in one of your either recordings or yeah. um, I think it was yeah. a recording yeah. What is what is deep fun? How does that connect?
2: Um,
1: deep fun uh, how would I describe deep fun? I think for me um, deep fun is an experience of of fun um, that lasts longer than the fun itself it's it's an experience that continues kind of moving inside you when you've finished the class or the workshop or the performance or the rehearsal and you're back at home or you're it's the next day and you can kind of still feel that there's something that's shifted or there's something new in you that that happen from that experience of fun so it's it, it, i think for me deep fun is longer lasting than the temporary fun experience that we can all have doing all sorts of things it, it's yeah it it has ripple effects uh i i also think that deep fun for me is uh where i do that with somebody else so i have an experience of a connection with another human being on a level that I just don't get to have on a day-to-day basis Mm. we share a moment together that is so uh, deeply playful um, that it connects us in a way that wouldn't have happened before yeah Mm. uh, yeah those two two experiences I think
0: and so keeping in mind the idea of deep fun there's a direction I want to go with the conversation but but First, taking a step back, um, the voice arts trust, what does that look like in practice? What are some of the things that you all do together?
1: Great question. What does it look like in practice? Um, It looks really different every time you look at it. Uh, I think if you looked at it last year or earlier this year or uh, five years ago, we're always doing something different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's because we have always uh, approached this space of working with and for different groups in the community with a real openness and flexibility to create and deliver projects that suit the needs of the participants themselves. Mm -hmm. And so uh, every project that we do looks different to the project that we had done before. And mm-hmm. um, so no n- no two things look the same for us mm-hmm. and and every so often that's that 's a curse because when people say "What is it that you do mm-hmm. uh, i can 't put it in a nutshell cool. um, because we, yeah, yeah, which is nice, um, but at the same time, it just means that I need a few more moments when i 'm trying to explain what it is that we do with people i don 't have a concise elevator pitch mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes uh, and so um we um we do theatre work. We do film work. We do radio work. We've done book work with people. Um, we do workshops for the sake of workshops. Um, we do training, uh, advocacy, all sorts of um, all sorts of different things. And it really is about where we land, um, who we land with, and who who puts their hand up and says, "We want that experience, and we'd like it to look like this." Um, so I'm just I'm wondering whether maybe giving you some examples of some of the work some of the projects that we've done over the years might be might be useful.
0: Let's let's do that. And and before we jump into examples I'm wondering what's the intention of the work that you do with folks? And what's the what's the hope?
1: Yeah. So the intention is to create opportunities for people. To participate, to actively participate in a creative process where they are supported to develop and to connect and to tell their own stories and their own voice. And we often work or we, we try to work it as much as possible with those in our community that perhaps don't have a strong voice, that are more isolated or or marginalized, Um, you know, often working with people who will say, you know, I've got no story to to tell, Uh, and even if I did, I have no way to tell it, and even if I had a way of telling it, nobody wants to listen to me, Um, and it's about supporting those people to recognize that everybody's life is incredibly meaningful, and that everyone has at least one story, if not a multitude of stories that, if they share them with other people, it will make a difference for those that listen, and that people do want to listen. That you know, everybody has a voice that needs to be heard.
0: What, what kind of impact is had on the people who listen to these kinds of stories that you've seen?
1: Um, the impact of the audience. For the audiences that um, that see our work, Whew. Uh, I think um, it's a, it's a it's about opening people's eyes up to the shared experience that is humanity, and that is uh, that is living, and that um, where we tend to see. Or believe that a group of people are different to us. Um, In fact, there is a whole raft of shared common experience. Mm. Um, But you know, even when there's not, uh, well, no. But even with the shared common experience, are these uniquely beautiful differences? And I think it's about uh, it's about the audience having having an experience of difference being accessible and beautiful and not other than and um, and misunderstood um, so yeah I think for audiences it's it is about connecting them and with each other with the people that are on the stage
2: mm. Mm.
0: and and for the I don't know if it's fair to separate you know the audience from the performers uh, in such a binary fashion but yeah, yeah. for the purposes of the question yeah. what have you seen happen um, uh, with folks that you work with with folks that join and, and create these you know skits or books mm. or performances um, how are they impacted how, how do they develop
2: um
1: i think the primary experience I I would describe as uh as this experience of being seen and of being heard. And I think in some sort of deep uh on some deeper level, sort of everyone wants that experience, really. Uh and that I think that's why I went into this from the beginning is that i had an experience myself as a young person of being supported and provided the skills to be in on a stage in front of other people and i and i felt seen mm. kind of for the for, for for the first time and sometimes the what, some of the only times in my life where i feel that people see who i am and i feel heard Mm. and I think that's I think that's one of the core experiences that participants in our projects take away uh, and and I think for them it 's potentially unexpected that they might not that that 's not necessarily why it is that they're engaged in the product in the project and um, is not necessarily one of our core outcomes but mm. I think mm-hmm. uh, for me when I step back and i uh, after being, you know, involved in a project and I'm watching it unfold, you know, that final kind of outcome. And I think that's what I see. I see the light hitting people in a way that hasn't been on them before. Uh, and I think that that's, I think that's an experience everyone should have mm. or feel that they can have. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, next time I'm I'm in New Zealand in uh, Wellington, I, I'd love to share that experience. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> so so deep fun. Um. Providing people the space to be heard, providing the audience an opportunity to really deeply connect with the other while recognizing the commonalities of the shared humanity. Um. What's important for you in this voice arts work?
1: Um. What's important to me? Ah, there's so much. Uh, yeah, I. Um, what's important for me is that uh, that we. What's important for me is that we recognise that um, the making, the creative process of making art, uh, should be accessible to everyone, and that we 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 box it and we say only those who have been trained and have had the privilege and, and, and the skill get to make art and all of us get to consume it. Well, not all of us, actually, some of us do get to consume it if we're lucky and we're privileged enough, but the makers of art, they're a different kind of, they're a different kind of people and they sit out there. Um, And what I think, what feels important for me in the work that we do is that we say to people, no, everybody needs access to this creative journey. Everybody needs to be given the opportunity to be the maker of their own art Um, because it is the journey and it is the process of making art. That's That's the space where the gold happens. That's the space where development and growth and connection happens and the outcome uh, is, is almost irrelevant. <laughs> um, but uh, it's important as well. But, um, yeah, it's, it's about providing spaces for people to come in and go on that journey with themselves and become the makers of art and not just the consumers of it. So that yeah that that feels important um to me, um, and then, I suppose the other thing that feels important to me because sometimes we work in a space where we're not we're not outcome driven we're not guiding a group of people towards a finished performative outcome, we're just delivering workshops for the for the sake of creative workshops, mm. and so uh and and so that. Um, that space is also what's important to me is about creating um, uh, creating spaces for people to come into a room together and to play and uh, to have an experience of the so when I, for me when I speak of play'm uh, for me the, the the tools of that play are theater and improvisational based experiential games and exercises that people play with.
0: What's an example of a, an experiential or um, improvisational game?
1: Oh, oh, my Lord, my toolbox is huge. Mm-hmm. I'm quite sure what I should dip my hand in and pull out for you right now. <laughs> um, and that that works when I'm describing it, <laughs> when you can't see it or experience it yourself. Uh, okay. Well, oh, what's one of my favorites uh, that we're doing at the moment? Just have a think. Um Okay um the, uh, this one of the ones that I've been playing with a lot recently is uh is an exercise called I need three things uh and we're standing in a circle which is pretty much what we always do um in the spaces that we stand in a circle or we sit in a circle um and, uh, and if, if I'm going to start, uh, I, I look across the circle and I, and I make contact with somebody and I walk across the room to them and I'm saying, I need, and I randomly choose three things that are loosely connected. Uh, so um, I need uh, a cup of tea, um, a quiet chair and some sunshine. And um, my offer to the person that I have just walked, that they take the last of my three things, so they have sunshine, so then they are going to take sunshine and add two more things as they walk across the circle, across connecting to someone else, So they might take sunshine and they go, I need sunshine, I need a swimsuit, and I need a beautiful still beach. And then the next person will take beach and they will add two things. And it's just this flow of people walking across the circle towards each other, um, loosely linking three ideas and offering it to the next person. And you get in a big group, you'll get, you know, three or four people um, making this cross uh, at the same time. And it's, it's just a lovely exercise of asking for what, what you need and, uh, and offering it to somebody else.
0: Mm. While while also n- noting and appreciating what the person before you also knew. Yeah. right?
1: It has provided to you, yeah. So they've offered you a starting point and a and something to hold on to. You've you've you know you've walked across. You've connected with this other person across the circle. Uh, you've gifted them the offer. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lovely it's a lovely game. Hmm.
0: I I do want to hear an example of another game, but you talk about uh, workshops for the sake of workshops yeah what does that what does that mean
1: uh, it's the space where we play together uh, and and I get to lead a group of people and support them to <laughs> uh, to just have a a, a quite a unique experience of uh, being in a room with other people and um, it's always a space of um, laughter and of that deep fun that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's, it's playful in a way that we don't play much, particularly if we're working with a group of adults, you know, it's a little bit closer to, uh, to the sort of play that, 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 kids do, but at the same time, um, it's, yeah, it's making your brain spark and, and fire in different ways than you would on a day-to-day basis, uh, it's a creative spark, um, it's challenging you, it's challenging you to, to, uh, to, to do things that you might feel a little bit uncomfortable with, i 'm mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm really aware of that when i when I, you know, when I uh, work with a group of people and uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of a session and we 're standing and, and i 've asked everyone to push their chairs back and to stand up in a circle and there 's that moment and I can feel it in the room where everyone 's just going, Oh, mm-hmm. what is she going to make us do mm-hmm gonna be weird and a bit uncomfortable and and absolutely it will be all of that but only for a matter of seconds before it becomes deeply fun and before you know how do you
0: you as a as a facilitator um co-produce that transition from this is weird this is uncomfortable um I'm not sure I should be here.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, to, I'm having a great time. Or, or not even that. Uh, you know, I'm, th- this is like, I'm doing this, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, I'm yeah. in it.
2: Yeah. I'm
1: doing it. Uh, ooh. Um, for me as a facilitator, it's about acknowledging that discomfort. But doing it for approximately one and a half seconds, and then you just launch into it it's there there is no uh, space for hesitation it's uh, yeah it's high. this feels a bit strange doesn't it but it's it 's okay, and this is what we 're going to do and boom uh, and i just I take people. Uh, on uh, on a journey very quickly. Um, So I suppose my particular style of facilitation and how I kind of work with other facilitators is encouraging... um, We work quite quickly with people. Uh, We just... What does that mean? um, We... uh, uh, We just... We get into it very quickly. This is the game... So, um, you know, if we, we're launching into a game, I always uh, identify games. But I mean, for me, all of these I've identified. So what am I trying to say here? Uh, I'm trying to say that uh, I could spend a lot of time explaining to people what it is that we're about to do. But I, instead, I just do it. I do it with the group. Uh so I know what the game is called. I know why we're doing it, but I don't share any of that information. I simply begin the game and I do it.
2: Hmm.
1: I demonstrate it, I do it, I pull the group in they, they, There is no um There's no opportunity really for that moment of hesitation and that uncomfortableness because uh, to to do anything more than to to be there in the room for a second before it gets swept up in the game and and i suppose that's the joy of why we call them icebreakers terrible I, yeah <laughs> everybody hates that phrase and you mm. know everybody shudders at the thought of oh god they're going to make us do icebreakers <laughs> but uh It it is that, you know, we have a selection of these games that are, I I suppose for me, I I see them as being fast and furious and and joyful and they pull you along. And, And particularly when you start in that standing circle, it's like a Mexican wave. A lot of these games are like a Mexican wave. It's like, uh-oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming to me and oh, I'm done, I'm doing it. I'm in and it's past me and it's going around and it's coming to me uh, and we're doing it.
0: This is, and this just, is totally naive and, and ignorant. No. What is a Mexican wave?
1: Oh, uh, okay. Interesting. Is that a, uh, So, um, and, and suddenly I'm thinking, oh, this is totally offensive to all people that, from Mexico, and I don't know why it's called this, but in New Zealand, uh, when you're at a sporting event in a stadium uh, that is full, mm-hmm. and you people will stand up and lift their hands and it's like a wave and it travels around the stadium. I'm sure this is a universal practice and I don't know why we call it the Mexican wave. What do you yeah. call it? Uh,
0: I have no idea. I'm going to just oh, do you know: own the fact that I'm blanking right now. Okay. The woo wave? I'm
1: not sure. Yeah. So you're sitting in your seat in the stadium and you stand up and you lift your arms right up and you sit down, but it's contagious. It's a contagion and it goes right around the stadium. And it's like, so if you're sitting there, it's like a wave traveling through, you know, 50,000 people or however big your stadium is. Mm -hmm. And it just comes, you can see it coming. It's like, oh, here it is. It's coming to us. And then it Mm. passes through again. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, it could totally be an English-based thing. I just have these random words I don't know about. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No idea why uh, it references Mexico. Uh, I mean, I know they are a fantastic footballing nation, but potentially they are the experts at at this communal wave that happens in stadiums, and that's why we call it that. Uh,
0: Maybe. (laughs) Um, So so participants are... uh, not hit, but find themselves in yeah. this uh, carried carried nice, on yes.
1: wave of um, of energy, and that's my job as a facilitator mm-hmm. is to make sure that that's in the room.
0: And, and how and do you ensure I that? Like, up. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> how do I ensure that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, hmm
0: because the reason that I ask is because the the work that you do is relevant and 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 very fitting for folks that are in applied improv but also in you know the world of business right yeah. who who facilitate facilitate transformative experiences of thought and and uh, practices right yeah. uh in the classroom i mean if we all have had experiences in you know schools and post-secondary where it's just not pleasant in terms of the lack of energy, the lack of enthusiasm, um, the lack of hope for the future. (laughs) It's just boring. That's honestly Mm -hmm. is. Um, so I'm just wondering as a person who, you know, found themselves in applied improv, you have a particular skill set and intention and way of thinking about things that I think others could learn from too. Mm. And that's the intention of my curiosity here.
2: Thank you.
1: Uh, I, I mean, it's a performance, I think. Um, I, I step into the room Um and like you say there's there's an intensity to the energy that I carry uh, and yeah uh, i i uh, I mean everybody facilitates differently, i suppose but um i I do like I, I'm, I'm aware that i um, I carry a lot of energy, but i think uh i I'm very warm and very open when I'm in that space as well
2: mm hmm
1: um, and tr- and tread this line of um, I'm in charge, but I'm not, and we're all in this together. And so if if you don't do this with me, then I'm going to end up looking like a complete idiot. So <laughs> you're going to need to do this with me. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's that kind of thing as well. Um, you know, look, I think that standing circle. Uh, is is also really important because i I see everyone in the room and they see me and we see each other there's no hierarchy uh it's an active position to be in this you know it, there, there's an energy in the room when you get people to come and stand in a circle and you know that that they're waiting for something and so yeah and uh, and I just um Fire it off, and quite often uh what I prefer to do is to play with people well before I have any kind of conversation with them about anything about who I am, about the purpose of why we're together at, at, at anything at all um, so quite often um they 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 don't even know what it is that we're we're going to do or who I am or what I'm about mm. I just come. I say, hi, everyone, right? Everybody up, kick your chairs back. This is going to happen now. And then it happens, and, and two or three things happen quite quickly. So, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I will have um, three, let's say uh, three or four uh, exercises that I'm going to kick off with, and I'm going to know that... Uh, there'll be um, those in the room that might not like the first one, but the first one's lasted one minute mm-hmm. and now there's another one and, oh, they're, they're enjoying that one, um, but you're not enjoying this one so much, but just wait because in two minutes' time, the third one, you're going to really like that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's that speed of delivery. It's um, it's having a really um, big toolbox of uh, of these beautiful um, uh, experiential games and exercises, uh, and and for me, I suppose it's also about uh, being able to read the room that I'm in. And mm-hmm. I go and the plan of these three games, and I walk in and I stand with these people, and I and mentally in my head I go, well, that game's not going to work, so I'm chucking that out, and I'm going to pull this one in instead. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, um, the that any skilled facilitator, I think, can do that. You 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 chuck your, your plan out that you've painstakingly crafted the night before. <laughs> thinking really, really carefully about the group that you're working with and what you're going to do for and with them and, and how they're going to respond. And you get in the room and you sense the energy and you screw up that plan and you throw it out the window and you create another one on the spot. Um, and so I think that, that that is part of it as well. So being able to read the energy of the room and, uh Yeah. I can't even remember the beginning of this question, Art. So I'm just nice. going to stop now. Nice.
0: <laughs> we kind of did the same thing where we just went into it and now we get to yeah. debrief, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, so, we
1: play and now we stop and go, well, oh, what the hell was that about? But I'm feeling more comfortable then and, <laughs> and more connected. So let's talk.
0: Good, good. Let's talk about Voice Arts Trust. What's an example of a project you worked on to bring it all the way back? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, I'll start with a theatre project um, that we did uh, a year ago and um, uh, Voice Arts was invited by um, an organisation that was leading um, celebrations uh, and events for International Women's Day which is the eighth of March, I believe, every year, and uh, and they were really uh, keen to get the voices of young women um, in a performative space and uh, to 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 be part of the events happening for International Women's Day. And they approached Voice Arts, and they were just like, yeah, we would really love you know young people and their um, and their voices as part of this. So the theme for International Women's Day uh that particular year and, and in fact quite often I I think is around this idea of how women um how women contribute uh to peace globally around the world and what peace means to us. And so uh they were really keen to have uh the, the voice of young women around peace and they and they came to us and said, you know, can could do you think you could make something for this event with some young people. And uh, we said, yeah, we we can do that. Um, And what we needed to do was we needed to find uh, what felt important to us is that we found a group of young women that that represented... uh, you know the diversity that is Aotearoa, New Zealand. You know we're a really multicultural. We are, you know, primarily a bicultural country with our um, indigenous population, uh, and then we, uh, and then Pākehā, which is our English population. But we are also a really multicultural landscape, more more and more so these days. And so it was about trying to find a group of women, young women, that kind of um, could could carry that for us and um, we connected in with uh, a school here in Wellington um, with a fantastic uh, head of drama um, a woman called Nancy Fulford and and I said to her look I, I really want to work with uh, a really diverse group of young women and do uh, and take them on a journey where we create a piece of theater with a focus on peace and uh, and I, that's all I have <laughs> I said to yeah. her nothing else, it's all I have. And uh, she was like, yeah, I've got, the, I've got a group of young, young, young women who will be perfect for you. And we went on this journey together with this group of young women over uh, the course of about eight months, um, where we played with this idea of what peace is. And, uh, the end result of that was this beautiful performance, devised performance piece that, um, these young women did, uh, in front of an audience of well over 300 people, um, on International Women's Day. And, and I just, uh, it was such a, yeah, it was a beautiful piece of theatre that these young women made. And, um. And it was and it was so personal and intimate and uh even though it was in front of an audience of more than three hundred people and uh it was just a lovely process creative process to work through with these young women because we just started working with them on a deeply deeply personal level, and so for us that's where when we are working on a project that is, that is creating a new piece of theatre, so a device piece of theatre, you know, it's, we always start with, with the personal. That's, that's the foundation of, of what we build and it was just such a lovely, uh, uh, beautiful space to be in, working with a group of, you know, they were 14-, um, 15-year-old women, young teenagers, um, talking about what peace meant for them personally and when they found themselves to be peaceful and when they found themselves not at peace. And and just taking those stories and and weaving them into this lovely narrative that we then kind of yeah we kinda of brought in a a bit of a global focus as well around peace and It was just a beautiful project to work on, and a lovely outcome, and an incredible experience for those young women, um, and and a a really moving experience for the audience. Uh, And it was, uh, yeah, I get I get misty eyed thinking about it. But yeah, it was great.
0: What I noticed is you smiling, yeah, the the whole time you were talking. Yeah. Yeah about this project, remembering it. Probably remembering the faces of the young woman you worked with.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you know, you start something like this and you particularly when you're working with teenagers, they're all like, what? What's this about? Peace. Oh, I don't know. No wars. No I don't know. You know, it's all it's all a bit ho hum and then you, you open them up to um to this creative experience, where their stories take centre stage, and where you're saying asking them for their experience of life, and and you and you acknowledge that that when they you know you invite them to to open up and to share and to play with their own experiences, and then when they see that what they have, uh, what they are providing is is such a gift um, when they open themselves up. And yeah, I think it was um, it was a lovely journey to go on with them and to see how engaged they they became in the process and what that performance meant to them. Um, but yeah, you know, at the beginning, same sort of sort of thing. You know, Ooh, what's this going to be about? And we just took them on that journey. And we started with a lot of play. You know, we made sure there was just a lot of time at the beginning of that process just to play with these young women and just to have a a lot of fun with them and to support their connection as a group and to support their connection to to me who I was facilitating that project. And uh, yeah, it was a a very gentle process and and, and that's how we work. Um, You know, we work gently with people. Because we know uh, gently and slowly, because you know we know that uh, yeah, in order to get the best to get the best work, particularly when you're working with people who might not have uh, worked in this creative performative space before that um, it's a it's a lovely organic process, and you need that time to let things just all slowly and organically come together and and grow, yeah. So that's a film, uh, sorry, not a film project, that's a theatre project that's, that we did, which was really lovely.
0: And, and, and so there's this working gently and slowly mm. and also working quickly mm. in the case of workshops. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there is that needing to, to hop around and be flexible. Yeah. Yeah, this never yeah. sitting still kind of thing, adapting. Yeah. Would you like to offer another example of a project yeah, you've worked? Sure. With? Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. Um, so let's look at a film project. So um, we, uh, I think, as I said earlier, we work across these mediums of of performance, um, theatre, and that that takes it it lots of different shapes. You know, we do theatre that is kind of all singing or dancing on a stage with lights and costumes and big audiences, and we do really simple um, performances in a room with. 15 people watching, and it's just raw storytelling. But we also work in film, and um, and I think that's because uh, uh, as I mentioned um, earlier, I you know I had this this previous career as a broadcast journalist, and so I was really familiar with working in a space with um, with filming people and telling stories on film, and and knowing how to kind of uh, structure uh, working with film and I recognised that being able to offer some groups in the community this creative experience was going to work. That not all people would want a live performative experience of being on stage in front of a group of people, but mm. they still wanted an experience of performing and having their story seen and heard. And so being able to offer uh, a filmed outcome it's, was real safer.
2: Better. Right, to some yeah. people. Yeah.
1: So much safer and so much fun um, mm. yeah I mean filming is uh, is just a, another really joyful process to go through because um, you get to muck it up and do it again and muck it up and do it again and muck it up and then get it right and uh, it's a it's a really accessible lovely process it's a, um, a Funding wise, it can be a more expensive process to work because you've got all that technical stuff, but it's still, um, yeah, it's really nice. And we also work with radio, which is just another, um, you know, because again, we, we identified that, you know, some people want to share their story, but they don't want to be seen and And how do we so how do we do that? so we started doing quite a lot of audio work and then and then working in with with the radio stations in the in Wellington and nationally so but um i 'm thinking of a film project uh, that we just recently finished so um this was a film project, so we were um, uh, asked by the Department of Corrections here in New Zealand to do some work with um, uh, the two youth units that we have in New Zealand. So these are um, units that, uh, that house young offenders sort of between the ages of 16 and 19 um, and is, um, yeah, quite a different space to your mainstream prison space. And uh, we were to create a film and we were um, asked to work with these young people, these young men, um, on a, a particular theme which was um, around um, the potential and the possibility for what was next for them, what they hoped their future might um, involve and uh, what they saw was going to be difficult about um, their future. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and so that was... um, we went into the into the two youth units, and we did um, day long workshops with the young men. Lots and lots of play, uh, lots of introducing them to yeah to some stuff that they <laughs> had yeah had either never experienced or hadn't experienced for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, having really uh, great conversations. With them, and you know that 's part of the work that we do it's just it 's not all play. Um, we also have really purposeful and crucial conversations with groups of people, um, but we do that once we 've played with them uh, i've experienced um, so many times the uh, and I, and I don't even know quite fully how to describe it, but something happens to a group of people that you play with. Uh, they feel connected to each other in a way that I think that they don't even quite understand because it's such a um, it's such a gentle uh, connection that happens when we play together. It's it's not threatening, it's not obvious, but it, it's there. Um, and so that when we stop that play and we say, grab a chair and let's sit together, there is a very open, safe um, energy in the room. Using that word again, and and it just and people open up, and we talk in ways that we would not have. Been able to. Had we just walked in a room and said, "Let's sit together
2: mm-hmm.
1: and let's talk," mm-hmm. it, it, it shifts a group into a into a place where, um, where as a group it feels like they're 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 blossoming, you know, and um, these conversations are. Oh, uh, sometimes they're the best part of the day for me. Um, and they're so, you know, they're raw and they're authentic and they're honest and, um, yeah, but and, they, and they're held by the group in a way that feels safe. It's like we it, it, everybody kind of feels like we've got each other's back in this. So we had lots of really lovely conversation with these young men and um, we worked with them to craft these performative responses to... Um, to this idea about, you know, what's next for them, what their hopes are, what they're what they're scared of. Um Yeah, and and then we brought the cameras in and we filmed them and and we made that process really joyful and and fun. Um and then we yeah we crafted this beautiful film and we were able to bring that back and show that to them um, and and that's gone out into the world and been shown to a number of different groups and people who, yeah, really, and it really just carries the voices of those young men in quite a powerful way. So it was, it was a wonderful project to be part of.
2: Mm.
0: Thank you for sharing the the two projects you've worked with, I'm sure you've done a lot more work. And (laughs) something that came to my mind is for folks who are not interested in um, being seen in person, you have film. For folks who are not interested in being seen visually, you have radio. For Mm. folks who are not interested in being seen or heard, you have books, (laughs) right? So there's something for everybody, right? Everyone, Um, yeah. uh, Something that came to my mind is You mentioned two projects uh, where you worked with uh, young men and young women. And I'm wondering, uh, through your work um, in the implied improv scene, uh, applied Mm. theater, if you met a young person today, tomorrow, Mm. and, and they asked you, I want to make a difference in the world, what would you tell them? What would they? What, what advice would you give? How would you counsel them? Uh,
2: so,
1: so are you are you asking about you know specifically if they want to make a difference in this field or just generally, uh, just generally in life
0: how to make a difference. Well, let's do, let's do both. Let's okay. do if they were to want to make a difference in this field and also more broadly.
1: Um, let's start more broadly maybe. Um, hmm. uh, you know, I think uh, kindness is what it's all about. Uh, I think that's what this world needs, be kind. Um take adventures, Uh, be with people who are not the same as you, Uh, find the person in the room who is the opposite or as far away from who you think you are. You take a look at them and you think, ah, oh, you are completely different to me and find that person and go and make a connection with them. Um, yeah, be be with people who are different to you, I think, makes a huge difference. Uh, I also think it's important to... Be aware of your privilege if you have it, and to know when to shut up and to listen. Yeah, set. Hmm. That's that's what's coming on the top of my head.
0: Cool. Yeah. As we're moving towards the end of our conversation, but not the end of our conversations overall, I would imagine. I'm wondering if there were to be a bumper sticker message that you've that you'd want to share with everybody in the world. Every car should have this bumper sticker. What would it say?
1: <laughs> oh my lord, that is a good one. Um, yeah, specifically to this work, it, it has it had to be something to do with play.
0: No, no, not not just this work in oh, general.
1: In general,
0: human um, experience.
1: Yeah. Uh, don't be a dick.
0: Nice. Yeah. Just yeah, don't. We'll make them. Yeah. We'll make them.
1: <laughs> so easy. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I think love we're it. all awa- we're all aware of when we kind of when we kind of are, and you just just stop and, and don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just stop and Just don't do that.
1: Just don't yeah. do that you know when you're doing it now you have to
0: stop. <laughs> um who are you becoming
1: who am i becoming
2: oh um uh, oh lord
1: uh i am becoming um I'm becoming globally connected. I'm becoming international, uh, and I and I think that that is uh, been um, because of the uh, recent work that I've been doing with the Eastside Institute. Uh, so I'm a graduate of the Eastside Institute's international program, uh, which I finished in June of this year, and. My gosh, what an incredible experience that was. Eastside Institute's based in New York and I was one of the 12 um, people from around the world who came together to be part of that nine-month program. And uh, and I'm just really uh, grateful to the connections uh, and to the friendships and um, uh, to what I am discovering from having... What I feel now is a global family of people working in this beautiful developmental play space and uh, and I'm beginning to see the potentials of this work outside of my little corner of the world and it's and it's lovely to uh, to see how um, thanks to technology and uh, 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 thanks to technology really, um, how we can make these global connections. And, uh, and I'm really excited about, um, about working cr- across borders with people in all sorts of different places in the world and seeing how we can do this together on a global scale. So, yeah, that's who I'm becoming.
0: Cool. And lastly, <laughs> where can people find you?
1: Uh, So, uh, if you get on a plane and you fly a really, really, really long way, you can physically find me in Wellington in New Zealand, but Mm. if that's all just too much, and I totally understand that, um, we are at um, www.voice-arts.org.nz, and on Facebook, if you Google Voice Arts Trust, we are also on Facebook. Are those Beautiful. two places to find to find us
0: yeah. well it's been a lovely conversation Nicola oh, it's
1: been a pleasure talking to you too <laughs> we'll talk soon yeah, thanks Art
0: the Let's Develop podcast is co-created by Chris Raymond, executive producer Mar Zano, producer and digital editor and yours truly, Artisoyans, host and producer music by Chris Raymond digital content by Emily Scollin. Special thanks to Brittany Fraser, Jan Wooden, Said Raju, and the Eastside Institute. You can find out more about the Eastside Institute at eastsideinstitute.org.